0: good morning twitter i'm isaac fitzgerald he is saeed jones and is very excited to read this next tweet and you are watching AM to dm you have the volume
1: up on your work computer let's get horny here's the scoop from our own ryan broderick Pornhub told me that they are extremely interested in buying Tumblr and thus saving America.
0: Okay, that is a Ryan Broderick exclusive, which is wonderful. It seems like two years after Verizon bought Tumblr, and just this past December, you'll remember, they kind of basically tried to make it PG. Yeah, and killed it. PG-13, yeah, and I think they're a little bit like, Oh no, what happened to all the traffic? They're Uh feeling that. Verizon is very interested in selling Tumblr, and Pornhub said why not us what a blessing again this is this is just reporting that they're interested there is no actual movement fingers Cross, We deserve, y'all. It's been rough out here. Give it, give
1: it, give it. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, one, you know, sex is good. I I, I think uh, Mm. Tumblr was a good Mm sex-positive platform. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, found pleasure in it and also learned a lot. Like, you know, because of the way it worked, I think there was a lot of opportunity for discovery. And listen, America's still very puritanical when it comes to sex. Absolutely. Opportunity for learning about, like, what makes you happy and feel good is great. Especially if you're in rural areas. Or other
0: areas where maybe... You're not surrounded by accepting families. It allowed you to kind of find your people. Yeah, if you're like, I want to fuck Sonic the Hedgehog, you could find your Tumblr. And that. other stuff more. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to talk about Sonic later.
1: <laughs> but also, um, you know, listen, I was LGBT editor at BuzzFeed News mm-hmm. for a few years. And and um, one, like, young people, uh, people, like, queer people, women, um, you know, it was a lot of wonderful opportunities for people to connect mm-hmm. um, and find great spaces and feel safe, like, yeah. actually, in fandoms. Like, there was a lot of really good stuff going on in Tumblr and, and, and an approach to sex that wasn't shameful Mm -hmm. and was actually liberating amidst all the other
0: fun, crazy stuff, the memes. Yeah, there was a lot of people kind of excited about this possibility. Mm -hmm. Pornhub themselves said they they would love to return the platform to being a safe haven for those who wanted to explore and express Mm -hmm. their sexuality. And Ryan describes Tumblr just beautifully in his piece, so I just wanted to share this line. He described Tumblr as the once uniquely horny hub for young women and queer people. We deserve so it. So let's bring back that safe space, and Pornhub's got the money, and Verizon's looking to sell it, they're looking to offload, they don't know what to do with the thing. Yeah. I, I I hope this works I out. I've
1: been trying to find my Pornhub password, you know,
0: just like get get back into Tumblr. Your Tumblr password. Well, I
1: feel like I'm gonna need my Pornhub password to get into <laughs> Tumblr,
0: you know. I, I love it, I think this is great. I'm totally into it. For but once, like good news from a technological platform. Ex- and this is the one. <laughs> let's the one. take it to the timeline, Have you missed horny Tumblr? I know you have. As much as Saeed? Let us know using the hashtag. Female presenting nipples, because let's not forget about that, was that. Such
1: a horrible week. I just remember everyone was like trying to save all their porn and everything. It was terrible. It was terrible. Anyway, well, mm-hmm. are you turned on? Are you? Are you? Are you feeling your vibe? Good. Let's ruin it and talk about racism. <laughs> um, here's a tweet from Buzzfeed News: Facebook is banning far right influencers like Alex Jones, Paul Joseph Watson, Milo Yimblu racism, <laughs>
0: and Laura Loomer. Yes. On to less ah, <laughs> horny platforms. But listen, it's about freaking time. Yeah, they don't get. A gold star for them. Facebook certainly does not. Yeah. Basically, they feel so very late to the party. Like uh-huh. other platforms that have deplatformed some of these violent, uh-huh. racist stars of the alt right, those felt late. Right. So this feels very late.
1: Yeah, to me, it's like if you imagine Facebook is like a dinner party. Mm. To me, it's like you let, like Nazis came stomping in and mm. ruined the dinner party like an hour in and just chaos, and then it's like, well, now we're kicking them out, and it's like, well.
0: I mean, after you gave them control of the kitchen, it feels like, because they didn't just let them in. They often elevated the talking points that they had. To that point, BuzzFeed News technology reporter Alex Kantrowick tweeted, what I'd really like to hear from Facebook instead of this is who we banned is this is why our systems turn the people we banned into stars.
1: Okay, Alex. All right. Well, he joins us now. Good morning, Alex.
2: Morning, gentlemen. I just want to say at the start that I was prepared to be skeptical about your praise about the porn on Tumblr, but that was a really beautiful perspective, and I thank you for sharing it.
0: Wow. Let us know, Tumblr, if we can help. Pornhub, reach out to us. Happy to be spokespeople. I'm happy to be Tumblr's <coughs> porn ambassador.
1: <laughs> I, I I volunteer. I volunteer. Okay, so let's get to it and ignore whatever the fuck you were standing in front of, Alex. Um, who has been banned on Facebook? And, and what do all these people have in common? I'm assuming it's racism, but is there more going on?
2: Yeah, so it's been Alex Jones, Laura Loomer, uh, Milo, and uh, Louis Farrakhan. Um, and I think that Facebook's main line that they said about this was they were promoting, uh, hateful content, sometimes violence. Um, so that's about as much as we know at this point in terms of the reason they were all banned.
0: Okay. And what other platforms remind us have a lot of these users been banned mm-hmm. from already?
2: Mm-hmm. I think uh, Twitter has banned a bunch of them. Apple has banned Infowars uh, from its app store. That's what I think I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So, um, this isn't, they've been banned from other platforms before. And in fact, you know, Miles has been off Twitter for a long time and I keep seeing him appear in my Instagram recommendations, which I thought was interesting um, that, you know, Twitter has made, made the decision to ban him. Instagram kept on promoting him until they finally decided to ban him as well.
1: Mm. I mean, we were talking earlier, obviously, about how this feels a little too little too late. Uh, will we ever get, I don't even know if it would be useful, but an actual kind of apology uh, from Facebook from people like Mark Zuckerberg about past um, errors?
2: No, and I honestly think that, um, you know, we could be looking for an apology. What I'm really looking for, though, is an explanation of what about the Facebook platform, what about Instagram, help build these people up because they really are a product of these platforms. So going back to Milo showing up in the recommendations, uh, if Facebook thinks that he's somebody that promotes full content and potentially violence. Uh, why was the recommendation engine continuing to promote his account and helping it grow? like what about that sort of content is so appealing to Instagram users and so appealing on the Instagram platform? That's the real question I think we should be asking here. We should get more clarity from Facebook on why their platforms promote this type of stuff and then why they feel you know that after it happens after they built these people into big stars then they clean it up. Like you're saying a little too uh, little too late. Uh, I do want to ask, Trump was
0: retweeting a bunch of tweets this morning about this. So what is the reaction on the right? What are we seeing reporting out of, like, Breitbart? Could this become kind of a problem for Facebook on the other side of things?
2: Yeah, so uh, Facebook, uh, Trump was tweeting the Breitbart articles about, about this. I think you could see a, a movement of people talking about how um, they'll probably focus on the social media platforms and the mainstream media. About how they don't want certain viewpoints to get out there, uh, and you might end up seeing more attention drawn to the conspiracy theorists because people people will see the broad bands and be like, "Okay, well, there's something that the man doesn't want us to know, and let's go find it out." So that's always the the question when you come when it comes to banning people is um, is it going to prove uh, add more legitimacy to their complaints about uh, the you know the mainstream media the government not wanting you to know things and then will they go to see your parts of the internet where they influence people even more uh, because they have this sort of martyr status so i think that's something we need to be looking out for this will honestly be a great test case to see what happens when uh, something like a facebook something as big and powerful has created these people um, you know bans them does their message carry on in, in, in i don't know in other ways
1: Wow. Well, of course, it didn't go all smoothly. Um, Here's a tweet from Paris Martineau at Wired. A Facebook spokesperson tells me today is the result of a plan gone terribly awry. They meant to ban everyone. They told reporters they banned before the embargo lifted, but they somehow did not realize how long it would actually take to remove the account. So, one, do we have an understanding of what happened there? But also I wanted to ask you, listen, uh, this is, they've been criticized for this for years. So, uh, in addition to the mess that happened yesterday in terms of, of the rollout, do we know why Facebook decided to do this now?
2: Yeah, we don't have any idea on the timing. I mean, when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, well, Facebook just held its big developer conference uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, so every reporter that covers Facebook has been back and forth to San Jose all week, and maybe uh, doing something as controversial as this, like this, uh, the day after a fate when they're all tired or in transit was. Well, uh, Get them not to ask too many hard questions. Um, you know, I don't know. That's just just like uh, what popped into my mind. Is that true? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and then in terms of um, in terms of this rollout, you know, what what struck me the most was not that they uh, botched the embargo timing, but that it was embargoed at all. Uh, Facebook right now seems to be taking the same approach to its safety and security work as it did with products. When you have a new product, you go to the press and you say, "Hey, can you keep this until, let's say, 9 a.m." get a bunch of outlets to be pre briefed on what the product's going to do to generate a lot of attention. But why would you do the same thing on a safety and security measure? It doesn't really make sense to me. It seems like Facebook is as self-satisfied with its safety work as it has been with its product work. And I think that's a red flag. That's yes. a giant red flag. Yeah.
0: Alex, thank you as always for your reporting and for joining us. And if you want to tear that down and show us what's behind it, uh, I, I'd love to see.
2: Oh geez, well this one's a little bit more permanently stuck onto the onto the wall.
0: <laughs> well,
1: don't ruin your house for us. Oh, what is, is this? A window?
2: <laughs> Fascinating. My roommate's room. It's the it's luxurious <laughs> journalist. See you next. We'll see you next time. Bye, we'll okay.
1: Alex. <laughs> <sighs> He's so strange. I love it. Okay, here's a tweet. <laughs> from the New York Times. The Florida House sent a measure allowing teachers to be armed to the governor after a long and
0: emotional debate about the intersection of gun laws and race. Perro had this to say, 10th grade at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, I had an older male teacher who constantly flirted with me, called me hot, and would reference me as his wife. I cannot imagine him and other male teachers with a firearm and the danger this law puts female students in. And that, of course, is just one aspect, one aspect of this. It would be putting so many students in danger to have armed teachers in the classroom. Right. I understand
1: fear. I understand how scared people are. I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a student or a parent or a teacher in this country right now, given the, the prevalence of, of, of mass shootings. That said, we have seen consistently, um, uh, you know, problems with discipline. We've, we've seen how racism, you know, it's disproportionately impacts black students in particular. And so the idea of adding a gun to the mm-hmm. mix, it's just... It's just really scary. And I, I, I argue, I, I think people are already scared. It would make me even
0: more scared, right? Absolutely. And oh especially goodness. as a parent, Absolutely. thinking about sending your student, especially if you're a POC oh parent, sending your child into that situation.
1: Yeah, so we're going to dig into the story. Uh, Miami Bureau Chief for the New York Times, Patricia Maisie, uh joins us now. She reported on the story. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so what exactly is this proposal in Florida?
3: So last year after the Parkland shooting, the state legislature decided to approve a program that they called the Guardian Program that allows school employees, after a certain amount of training and if they volunteer and if the sheriff agrees and the school board agrees, uh, to be armed on campus. But the compromise that they reached last year was that none of those employees would be full-time classroom teachers because it was so controversial to allow teachers to be armed. This year, however, um, they are going to allow the classroom teachers to participate in the program and that is what um, we expect the governor uh, to sign. It has now cleared the House and Senate.
0: So it has cleared the House and Senate. So you think the likelihood of this becoming a law is pretty much locked in?
3: Well, this is a provision that is tucked into a bigger bill about school safety that follows a bunch of recommendations from a state commission that investigated the shooting. And in fact, it was that commission that said we think you guys should look at arming teachers. Their reasoning was that if a teacher had been armed inside the building at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, that teacher might have been able to save lives. Okay. Um,
1: I have so many reservations and, and, and concerns about this, and I won't pretend not to. Um, is there anything in the proposal about, like, Identifying teachers, like will students know, okay, this, like, is there um, like a sticker or something that identifies, you know, this person at my school is armed? Are there other provisions uh, to allay concerns people might have?
3: No, and Democrats who are in the minority in both chambers of the legislature tried to pass several amendments that would either require a certain amount of training um, for some of these teachers, but the program right now does not publicly identify who folks are. Like I said, the program has to be approved by both the local school board and sheriff's office and people have to be trained, et cetera. But um, it's not like they're going to be wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm armed.
0: I'm armed. And one of those other provisions that Democrats fought for and lost, if I'm not mistaken from your piece, is basically that no teacher, if they did end up shooting a student, could make the defense that it was kind of the stand your ground law, which is a controversial law in Florida, and that that got smacked down?
3: Yeah, it was a pretty tense moment in the State House when a legislator named uh, Chevron Jones, who is African-American, proposed this amendment. And some of his Republican colleagues suggested that this amendment and another amendment that he had written about implicit bias training um, was somehow suggesting that teachers might be racist and that that's why uh, students would need these sort of protections. And so Representative Jones... Uh, got very upset, and this was a very it gave this very impassioned and fiery speech where he said all he's trying to do is protect black boys and girls. Um, that just like there are bad police officers, there could be bad teachers. But both of his amendments went nowhere because Democrats are just um, too small of a minority in the state house to really be able to block anything like this or to pass these sort of amendments. That
0: is mind blowing. It it is. That a student, that I'm sorry, that a teacher could use the stay in my ground law against a student. That's incredible. Well, obviously, Patricia, you
1: are are based in Miami, but I did want to ask you know, is this proposal, uh, which is clearly probably going to become state law in Florida, is it rare or are are we seeing similar proposals being rolled out in other states? Do we know about that?
3: The National Conference on State Legislature says that there's, I think, nine that allow school employees who are not security personnel to weapons on campus. And this year, we saw about a half a dozen states, including Florida, propose legislation that would allow more people to carry or carry more easily, either on um, school campuses or college campuses. They haven't all moved. Um, But this one, you know, because it came from a recommendation from the state commission that investigated Parkland, that that just gave it the the weight that it needed to move um, among Republicans. And, you know, the National Rifle Association didn't really to get that involved although they've been pushing for this for years um this was something where legislators just cited the very commission that they had appointed last year as their their reason for acting okay listen we've been talking
0: about state legislators and the nra and all these organizations real quick before we let you go how does the community feel have you heard from parents uh what what are parents in the community kind of responding to this especially incoming incoming Stoneman? yeah
3: there is opposition from the teachers union from the net the state pta about 150 students from Parkland went up in buses to Tallahassee during the legislative session to uh, protest this bill, but they really just managed to get like a one day delay on a hearing. And um, even the only person on the Parkland Commission who voted against this recommendation, who is the father of one of the students who was killed last year, who said he could not support arming teachers, even he said the bill as a whole has enough good things that um, he was glad to see it pass in spite of this provision, which he clearly opposes.
1: Wow, so complicated. Well, pa- Patricia, thanks for joining us, and thank you for your reporting on this story. Thank you, guys. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, well, before we go to break, I've got to tell you guys um, some, some good news. Today is the birthday of one of our producers, Julia Moser. What? I want to say happy birthday, oh, Happy Julia. birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. Um, I'm sure you woke up this morning so excited to come to work on your birthday, but (laughs) we love you. Thank you for being with us. Um, We've got another great show for y'all today. Of course, it is Friday, which means Sizzle G, the drag queen on the morning show, will be (laughs) recapping last night's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, and Isaac is going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. He's an
0: abomination next... with teeth. He He's goes so against nasty. God. But you know,
1: everyone has their kink. Don't kink shame Sonic. Up next is fire tweet. Who's kink shaming? Motherfucker
0: has he teeth. teeth. He's Fuck you. you calling me kink shame? <laughs>
1: Let's get messy. It's time for fire Tweets. This first one comes from Sarah Lazarus. You tweeted. My boss asked me, what's my favorite restaurant? And I laughed and said, I can't afford restaurants. And now we are enjoying a contemplative silence.
0: Just <laughs> that awkward moment when the class divide it's is just be... real clear. <laughs> when it's just real. It's trying to be relatable. You had a moment like this recently, say? Oh my God. I, I was talking about the weather in London. I didn't, I just, I travel a lot. I don't. Turn to one of our coworkers and said, what, you've never been to London? I'm sorry. That is the. It sounds, it sounds terrible. Di- oh, come That's on. the one bougie call out I'll do today. <laughs> that I promise. <laughs> Alex, you tweeted, Sonic the Hedgehog is basically turning into the fire festival of movies and I literally can't wait to watch 10 documentaries about it. Mm. I feel the exact same way. It is wild to me. That after the response, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it later right, in the right. show, but that the director was like, okay, we'll know that change, change it. I change it. I mean, it does look terrible. Here's the thing. You're never going to make the internet happy. It does look That's terrible. That's true. That's but also like, true. And so I do want to see can how. You make the internet happier. A documentary about how this has all come to, to also, be where because, it is. I mean, with things like this, like there's focus groups. I'm sure there were like multiple,
1: multiple. But, you know, you got Will Smith in that little ponytail. And-
0: but here's the thing. I, I have come around on that. They stuck to their guns. And then that second trailer came out, and I was like, oh, he doesn't look so bad. It was so easy.
1: (laughs) All right. This next tweet comes from My Jaw Cuts Ice. Okay. You tweeted (laughs) (laughs) Cats be nine years old, no school, no job, and just in the house meowing. Are you stoned?
0: Freeloaders. Oh, stoned. (laughs) Freeloaders. What are pets... What's going on? ...other than another mouth to feed? (laughs) They just... They don't get out there. They don't work. They bring joy. They don't contribute to the household. Actually, I don't get it with cats. Joy doesn't pay rent. (laughs) Wow. You ready for Tweet of the Day? I guess. Tweet of the Day comes from Matt. One thing you should know about me is that I love to jump on a call. And if that call is quick... If we're jumping on a quick call... Ho, 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 my man. That is my shit. Right there. <laughs> you want to jump on a quick call? <laughs> no. This is never, me. Literally, Said will text me and I'll just be like, call him back. I hate it. He hates it. It's terrible. Yeah. Why do you do love this? to jump on a quick call?
1: It's so annoying. I hate Good. it. I hate it. Don't do you, it. Are you okay? No. Yeah. Okay. But no. I just. I feel like. You know. Like people don't want to be on the phone anymore in 2019. I love jumping on a quick call. Ah. Uh, whatever. All right. Well, coming up, Isaac is going to talk with BuzzFeed News reporter Ryan Broderick about Sonnet the Hedgehog. I'm fascinated to see what y'all, where y'all go with. this. It's gonna be good. A lot's going up. Oh, and we still have to go live from the district. Damn. Welcome back. We are going live from the district with BuzzFeed News politics reporter Nidhi Prakash. Good morning, Nitty.
4: Hello. Good morning.
1: Hi.
0: I love your yellow and I love how it matches your pink <laughs> Very well done. Let's start. Thank with... you. Yep. <laughs> I see it. Let's start with this tweet from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Attorney General Barr's decision to mislead the public in his testimony to Congress was not a technicality. It was a Crime, spicy, and so you were saying when I saw the tweet yesterday, like, oh, "Oh, we kind of gasped because Nancy Nancy has not been taking this kind of tone. Is it safe to say that this is a change in heart for Speaker Pelosi?
4: So definitely, the tensions over this are dramatically rising over the past week, and one of the reasons for that is that basically after the Mueller report came out, a letter from Mueller to Barr surfaced, where Mueller was saying basically that he took issue with Barr's summary of the Mueller report and said that it didn't fully kind of uh, describe the report. Um, So that's kind of what's caused this kind of like just things coming to a head at this point. Okay, so Mueller's letter was a game
1: changer for Pelosi and the Democrats. Do we have an understanding of what Pelosi plans to do besides tweet?
4: (laughs) So as you guys have seen, she said that Ba lied to Congress, essentially. Um, but she's basically said that she's not taking direct action over it. She's kind of left it in the hands of the House Judiciary Committee.
0: Okay, let's talk about that, though. It seems like a lot of people aren't taking direct action. And Saeed was talking about this earlier as well. You've got Mueller kind of seeming standing it's back. baffling me. Do we know if there's going to be, like, a less redacted Mueller report that certain people get to see? Or is there any talk, maybe finally, of Mueller himself mm.
4: testifying? What a wild idea. Mm. Right. So I guess these are the questions that are, as always, still up in the air. But where we're at with all of that is that the Judiciary Committee has subpoenaed the Justice Department to get the full unredacted report. The Justice Department has said they won't cooperate with that. Um, The chairman of House Judiciary has now said that he'll give them a couple more days to see whether they will negotiate in good faith to try and get that done. So that's kind of where that is. In terms of getting Mueller to testify, the latest that we have on that is there were some reports yesterday that, uh, again, House Democrats are talking directly to Mueller's team to discuss whether or not he'll testify and what the terms of that would be.
1: This is just maddening to me. Well, we'll leave it there for now. And Sorry. Always. Thanks yeah. for joining us. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News. I think everybody was waiting to say goodbye. We're having a Friday, guys. We're having a Friday. We're not going to pretend like we're not. A new Trump administration rule will let doctors refuse to perform abortion and set reassignment procedures if it violates their conscience. Or religion. Yeah, and I know we are in a silly
1: mood this morning, but this story is wild and far-reaching. Joining us now to talk about it is BuzzFeed News reporter Emma O'Connor. Emma, good morning.
5: Good morning. I just wanted to say that I styled Nitty's shirt-button combos. I just want a little bit of credit for that. Okay, shout out to
0: that. I love (laughs) teamwork. And that was a good match. (laughs) What you have right there is good complimentary. Contrast. Look at that. Absolutely. You need your own style show.
1: Okay, so Emma, listen. uh, Thank you. (laughs) This rule uh, out of the administration is, 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 to me, I think it's very scary. It sounds incredibly broad. The implications make my mind roll. So how is it going to be implemented?
5: So basically what it means is that uh, HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services, considers this a civil right. So any doctor or health worker or nurse who assists with or provides um, something that they disagree with morally or religiously. So that most commonly refers to an abortion, uh, sex reassignment, surgery or other procedures for transgender patients or assisted suicide and euthanasia. Um, they can actually file a complaint. And uh, it's considered discrimination now. And so um, this is just for organizations that receive federal funding, but those are a lot of organizations. So the worst thing that can happen to those organizations if they continue to violate this is they can lose their funding. But that can be really bad for people in rural areas who like this is the only hospital or the only healthcare provider they can reach.
0: This is wild for me. I want to ask, when will this rule go into effect? Mm. And just from us talking about it, and pardon my ignorance, but this seems like the kind of thing you talk about that would go to the Supreme Court. Yeah, it does. So is it just, is is there going to be any pushback on it? Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, so it'll go into effect in 60 days from yesterday, so 59 days. Um, And there will definitely be pushback. There's already all sorts of LGBT rights and abortion rights organizations who are saying that they plan to sue, um, who are up in arms about it. Uh, But this has been a really long time coming, so they've been very ready. I think probably a lot of them had their their lawsuits ready to go. Um, So I think we can can expect a lot of battles in court over this. Yeah. Um,
1: Do we have any idea who in the administration kind of, I'm sure it may not be just one person, but who in the administration kind of pushed this rule forward, made it happen?
5: So they basically in January 2018, um, Trump opened up a new office in the Office of Civil Rights in the Department of Health and Human Services. The head of that is Roger Severino, who has a long history of socially conservative positions and pushing religious freedom um, primarily for Christianity. So he really is like spearheaded all of this. Um, so his, his office is protecting religious and conscious rights. That's basically what it's entirely devoted to, but also Mike Pence took a lot of credit. He gave a talk in the Rose Garden yesterday. Um, so I think that we all know that he has kind of been very focused on this issue throughout Donald Trump's presidency, uh, especially anti-abortion issues. So I think a lot of the credit can go to him.
0: Yeah. It does not surprise me to hear Mike Pence's name come up. Well, Emma, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us this morning.
5: Thank you. Have a good Friday.
0: You too. <laughs> Listen, up next, we're talking, or I'm this talking- that horrible story. I'm with not. Ryan Patrick about our favorite, fast-moving blue mammal with human-like teeth, Sonic the Hedgehog. Stay tuned. It makes me so uncomfortable. Welcome back. Here's a tweet from yesterday from Jeff Fowler, the director of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Thank you for your support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. Hashtag gotta fix it fast. Joining me now to talk about this film is BuzzFeed News senior reporter, very disappointed, Ryan Broderick. You're disappointed in the way that he looked.
6: I'm disappointed in everything about Sonic after like 1998.
0: Okay, you're disappointed in everything about Sonic. Especially this. But especially this. How do you feel about the news that the director is basically saying, listen, the movie comes out in November, I hear you, internet. We're going to make some changes.
6: So I'm happy about it in one point because it means that we're not going to see as much disgust. No, because we, <laughs> the disgusting Sonic is already out there. So the internet already has images of this. Uh-huh. So even if they fix it, gross human Sonic is going to be part of our
0: lives forever now. Gross human Sonic. Let's talk about that. Uh, we've got to talk about the teeth. Let's start there, okay. all right? Ray Pilata tweeted, Why is no one talking about the most cursed aspect of realistic Sonic, which is his human teeth? Uh, Ryan, how did you feel? You you grew up with Sonic. You love Sonic as a character. How did you feel when you sat down to watch that trailer and you saw Sonic open his mouth and he had human teeth? You ever wonder what Sonic's teeth look like? I haven't. (laughs) I don't care what's. I don't, I don't
6: want to know what Sonic's teeth look like. Why give, why, like, why do they be like, we gotta give him, like, a full
0: set of chompers? That's gross and weird. It was, but, I mean, isn't part of Sonic's, like, love, like, the internet loves him because they kind of make him gross and weird sometimes, right? That's true. Like, Sonic fans are, like,
6: a very uniquely kind of, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, this was never going to be going over well. Like, this could have been a perfect looking Sonic. Mm-hmm. And it still would have been a complete disaster.
0: W- speak on that. Why do you think that is?
6: Sonic fans have been through a lot, man. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, they're not furries, but they're pretty close to furries, you know? Because it's like, we're talking about humanoid animals, like, at its very basic. It's like the same people who think, like, the Robin Hood fox is hot, right? So, like, no matter what happens with Sonic, like, people are going to find him attractive. The big surprise to me, though, is a lot of people find Jim Carrey Robotnik attractive. Okay. Which, like, I could see it.
0: You could see it? Yeah. You'd you'd be down to clown? Yeah, Whatever while we're just talking about sex and Sonic, and we got here much quicker than I thought we were going to. I mean, it was always going to end this way. I just want to be very clear. <laughs> uh, our, our own David Mack tweeted, okay, I'll ask, where are Sonic's genitals? Yep, so
6: that's the thing. <laughs> How is that the thing? <laughs> because you gave him human teeth. And a human body. So it's like, okay, he's a naked little man running around, and there's no genitals. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is strange, because he's wearing shoes.
0: So he wears clothes. Like, the whole thing is bizarre. What What would you have liked to have seen? Let me put it that way. What about the trailer? Like, what upset you about the trailer, like, as a story? Not just about how he looked. And what would you have liked to have seen?
6: I don't even know what the story is, man. Like, they played Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> For the majority of the trailer, which like classic Sonic song, you know, everyone's like, yeah, that's what I think about when I think about Sonic is Gangster's Paradise. And then like James Morrison like shoots him in the first 10 minutes. The whole thing's bizarre. I, and also most of it just looks like
0: Transformers. Is, did you feel that way? Did you feel like... Yeah. Did you would, would you want to see, like, a more video game version? Would you want to see some gold rings and, like, some... I briefly wrote out my own screenplay
6: for the Sonic film on the train the other day. <laughs> um, and in my version, there's Tails, which would be more important. Everyone loves Tails. And, like, we just accept that we live in a world where, like, little animal people
0: live there, too, like Detective Pikachu. Okay, so, like, d- talk about that. What is the difference? How... I just feel like the internet is so excited for Detective Pikachu. And it feels a little bit like it's, like... How were they gonna pull this off? And then we saw the trailer and we were like, oh, this looks awesome. And then the Sonic trailer, everyone was so excited to watch it and then felt so disappointed. What's the difference? Well, okay, first
6: of all, like they're not explaining what Pokemon are.
0: They just live there. So Mm -hmm. like, great, let's move on. Mm
6: -hmm. Two, they included Mr. Mime, Obviously the creepiest Pokemon, and yet I don't know what his teeth look like, and I haven't wondered about his genitals, which means they're doing something correct. You know what I mean? So the whole thing, I think, about these movies is that like, I'm not going to find out what Sonic is. I don't watch the Lego movie to learn what Legos are. Okay. okay. I just want to watch Sonic run around and like collect Chaos Emeralds.
0: You don't need an origin story. No. You want a universe in which he already exists. Yeah. And you're not left wondering about his oral hygiene. No. Or his dick.
6: Here's my pitch. Dave <laughs> Batista works as, like, a government program to, like, control the, like, Sonic critters, and they have to team up to stop Dr. Robotnik, and Tails flies a plane at some point. <laughs>
0: and that's all that, you want to see? That's all I
6: want to see. That's all you want to see. Yeah, maybe see. Knuckles is there, and he, like, doesn't get along with him right away, but then he, he comes over in the office.
0: Did you see that version, like, let's when they first released the trailer, and we got that terrible, and you did, you described it best, as you saw, he basically was a short, little Sonic man. It's like is a disgusting
6: you, little man, yeah. He's
0: like a disgusting. But then an artist was like, here's me reworking it. Right. Let's bring that up. I think we have the image, and and we got the permission from the artist to use this. Would you want a Sonic that looks more like that? Yes.
6: Oh, this is perfect. I actually hadn't seen this. Okay. You had No, I hadn't seen it. Okay. Because I was like, I'm muting everything about Sonic. I'm so angry about this. (laughs) No, this is perfect. Because, like, that's what Sonic looks like. Uh I mean... Technically, he should wear gloves, but like that's fine. Like whatever. Like <laughs> this is normal-looking Sonic. This is like a gross
0: man. It is weird to me. If you if you told me like if I didn't know anything yeah. about this, which I wish was true, uh, if you told me that this was the real version yeah. and this was the fake version, I would be very surprised. This looks
6: like they put somebody's son in a motion capture suit for the whole movie, and he's like a, like a weird little boy running around. <laughs> And, like, this, it it has an adult man's voice,
0: too. So the whole thing is jarring. Okay. I just got to ask just one last quick question. Do you think they're going to pull it off? November is pretty... It's the main character, and they have to reanimate everything to fix him.
6: The only thing that Sonic fans have in common, other than possibly being furries, is being used to constant disappointment.
0: Uh And
6: in my mind... I would love by November we get this Sonic, uh-huh. but somehow I think it's just gonna be like a grosser, somehow taller, <laughs> more human-looking man. It'll just be
0: a man in a Sonic costume. Like, it's gonna get worse. You're yeah. worried that it's gonna get worse, not better. Yeah, look, if you want, he'll me be wearing to be in the shorts. Suit, I'll do it. I'll, I'll wear it. I'll wear a
6: skin-tight <laughs> Sonic suit. Yeah. I'll, I'll-
0: I, now I think we're getting into your own issues. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us to help shed some light on this important issue. Up next, we are talking about upgrading your wardrobe, and later, Hayes is back with Sy- Syzygy. Holy sugar.
7: Hi, Syzygy. Are you in this well, teacup? Well, I am, and I'm ready to spill more tea. This, um, is, I don't know how I got in here. It might be magic. It, I do White you're, privilege. So, G, you're so small. All oh, oh right, now that's where we're gonna draw the line, right? there. I'm just saying, you're, right now you're very tiny. Oh, well, I do have a very tiny waistline, but you can't really see it over the cup. And do you want? I mean, do you want to stand up a little tall? You want
0: to like? Oh, look at well, that! You want to wave oh. your hands around a little bit?
7: Well, I mean, do, I know why you wanted to see all this. Do you have? <laughs> <laughs> do you have any feelings about Sonic the Hedgehog? Um, look, any man who's willing to give me a ring, I'm fine with.
6: I think that's how Sonic should look, actually. This
7: is This
0: thank you so much. They're going to the library next.
1: Hello, my queens. Welcome back. The library is open.
8: And I'm Hayes Brown. I'm back. Magic bitches. This is your weekly Drag Race recap. I'm here with Syzygy. Hi, Syzygy.
7: I thought we just agreed that magic Mm -hmm. and mystery were my thing. Look, I've been gone for two
8: weeks. I deserve something. So, hello.
7: What did I miss? Um, I don't know. Just me and cool people hanging out, talking about politicians, asking for Pete Buttigieg's number. Okay. You know, cool stuff. How about you? I was on my couch a lot, so. Okay. Good times. Good times. And time. now I'm wearing it, so. Yeah. How about that? Well done.
8: <laughs> All right, so in this episode, mm. the Queens had to produce their own magic show. What did you think about it? How do you think it went?
7: Oh, gosh. I really liked the first group. The first yes. group was amazing. Like So it was good. Entertaining and fun. They looked cool, mm-hmm. it was cohesive. Um, the second group, eh. there were moments. They
8: were rough. Yeah. The black magic, as they said, they were not doing so hot. I loved, I loved the Mighty Tux's performance from yeah. Brooks, like little choreography bits mm-hmm. to the magic. Man. That was just, mm, mm. it was so, <laughs> so good. It was that good. Yeah. so when we finally got to the second one, mm-hmm. I just like 30 seconds, and I knew, oh, this is just not going <sighs> to be. It's gonna yet. be rough. Do you think that? Do you think that the queens have been getting bad advice so far this season about leaning mm. too much on their personalities?
7: Um, I think that leaning on your personality can be beneficial in certain cases, mm-hmm. um, but in others, you know, if, if that's all you're relying on, and mm-hmm. look what happened to Jasmine, she fair. was eliminated completely the f- fair first week of All Stars, and she's mm-hmm. such a viral following, but right. yet yeah, just you know, didn't translate. Yeah. Alright, so the Black Magic
8: claimed their original idea was too explicit for TV. Let's think of the timeline really quickly. Oh. What do you think was in the original, not safe for work version of their magic act? Tell us using the hashtag AMTDM. Syzygy, mm. do you do any tricks?
7: Well yeah, so technically, um, it's gosh, how would I describe it? Um Something that's probably not safe for work, mm-hmm. something with a lot of, like, you know, movements uh-huh. and a mm-hmm. lot of a lot mm-hmm. of things that just are not appropriate to talk about in an HR context.
8: Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, before we get into the looks on the runway, mm-hmm. I want to talk about your look really quickly. Oh. So, the Met Gala is on Monday, and the theme is camp. It is. It is. So, mm-hmm. can you talk to us a little bit about, for especially for the celebrities out there, who mm-hmm. we know are going to fuck it up because they do every year at the Met Gala, what is Camp?
7: Gosh, well, you know, first and foremost, when I saw the theme, Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, you know what, there's an incredible store on 5th and 18th Mm. um, that is part of BuzzFeed called Camp, and it's sort of like a a children's experience store. It's super cool, and I went in there, and I was gonna steal everything, but they graciously (laughs) said I can have a cool shirt, and so I'm just giving you this, like, Girls, sleepaway, softball, counselor, not League of Their Own. What's that movie? True Beverly Hills. Yes. True Beverly Hills. So tell me, though, what makes this camp, aside from saying camp? Well, we know that celebrities are going to fuck this up, the (laughs) theme. Camp, to define it first, you can't define it. Oh. Because defining it already betrays, like, the tenets of camp. However. (sighs) Give me your best shot. Sure. I would say first read Susan Sontag's 1964 piece, Notes on Camp. Okay. Kind of details it in 50 sentences that are very confusing to read. <laughs> but what I will say, Camp Helpful. is camp is a love of the artifice, mm-hmm. the love of things that are real but aren't real. Um, it's taking things, it's understanding what taste is and going beyond taste. It's, you know, it's a uh, Galliano for... Uh, I think it's like 2004 collection. It's it's unwearable art. Mm. It's it's so, fashion that goes beyond. Yeah. So
8: Camp in then is sure. being super extra, but knowing you're being super extra. Camp is a
7: B movie that knows it's going to be a cult hit. Ah,
8: yeah. okay. I'm into that, and we'll see on Monday if anyone actually lives up to that. My oh, bet no. is we get Rihanna, maybe Gaga, and that's about and it, that's for it the theme. What are the men going to wear? Another suit? Uh, a suit, but this time it'll have a chain across it, like the Burberry collection Ooh. from Spring-Summer 19. Uh, so, Spring Summer. <laughs> so, moving on, it's time to secure your wigs because there are spoilers ahead.
7: There was not really much to talk about on the runway, though I do love a good caftan. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to stop right there. Caftans are incredible. Oh. Caftans are the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I love a caftan. Look at that. That is gorgeous. She looks
4: cool.
8: She really does, and I'm here for it. I was here for a lot of them. I was not here for uh, Kiria's butterfly jumpsuit. Oh, no. Yet another tragedy towards butterflies on From, the runway. This, is, this is the race.
7: future that Asia O'Hara wanted. Oh, and, oh no. You know, it. <sighs> while that wasn't a caftan, mm-hmm. what I will say is that... Um, Everyone else looks really cool. No. Suki's was my favorite. It I loved really her good. look. It was so fun. It was a really yeah. fun look. But we did see Vanjie and Sugar in the bottom, too.
8: How do you think the mm. lip sync went?
7: Um, Similar to Mary J. Blige's vocal ability, not so well. Goddamn! Holy shit! Are you going to try to get us fucking canceled? <laughs> look, if she wants to come on the show and be interviewed by me, then we can have a sing-off. That's another channel. Wow. Every week I'm going to make an enemy of a very powerful celebrity. I uh, was here,
8: I was gonna compliment uh, Vanjie on giving us the Mary J. Blige like strut dance move. She did those which was
7: wonderful
8: <laughs> <laughs> The Blige stands are gonna light us up. Blige. Now. All right, in the end, sugar cane Sugar Cane went home. Sugar sugar, we gotta say goodbye. Oh. Sugar sugar, gotta say goodbye. Syzygy, thank you so much for joining us again this week. The library is now closed. Up next, Isaac and Saeed are responding to a few more of your tweets. Stick around.
7: Bye. Now, see
1: here. I know Isaac and I only have a few weeks left of hosting this damn morning show, but what we are not going to do is besmirch the name of Mary J. Blige. I will not
0: stand for it. It was it was an intense moment. I was holding Saeed back. Uh, so he sure. didn't what? burst onto the stage, have a fight with Syzygy. You make as much
7: sense
1: as
0: your name.
7: I'm wow! I am wow. Mary. Wow. Oh my gosh! Oh! You know, wow. you're really lucky that I'm in this little teacup <laughs> looking over there because at the end of the day, it's a challenge for Mary. If she wants to challenge me to a sing-off, she can challenge me to her one octave. We can hang out. No, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm not okay! My half-cap
0: you well, set him up, I'll knock him down. We could do this show all day, but let's get to some of these tweets. <laughs> Lily tweeted, I am all for doing what makes you happy, but anyone who claims they have a kink for that CG Sonic the Hedgehog makes me question their sanity. What is a living nightmare that I cannot wake from? Mm. Saeed's just going to drink that, and we're not going to react to that. Go ahead.
1: Monica uh, found our new lower third t-shirt. You said, that's your lower third right there. Oh, show us Sonic's dicks, you you count.
0: I mean... Where are his gym? Okay. Where's that's where ex? you're going to end up on this whole debate. Does he have nipples? That's where we're going to end up on this whole that's debate. That's question. No, thank you. I it's think fine. I think that's all right. Are you drinking, Syzygy? Is that I what's is being imagined delicious. here? Delicious. How do you feel about Mary J. Blige? Maybe you're poisoning yourself with Syzygy's oh, energy God. here. Okay, yesterday we had... This whole episode has felt like an uh, edible trip. Sure uh, has. Yesterday we asked
1: you to vote on our new Lower Third Amityum t-shirt, and the winner is Vaccinate Your Goddamn Children. That's beautiful. You're disgusting. Your progeny are disgusting. If I die of measles, I am going to come back and haunt.
0: That last all part, people. very much true. You can buy this t-shirt at the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. I won't lie, I think that's a t-shirt that like you should buy one for a friend. Uh, Backs- I mean, vaccinate, vaccinate your, goddamn, your children. goddamn children. Just wear Nasty. that t-shirt out into the world. Nasty. Okay. okay. You're disgusting. Oh, uh, you've said it. <laughs> I hate you all. Okay,
1: thank you to our guests, Alice Kendrews, Nitty Brakash, Emma O'Connor, Ryan Broderick, Essence, yeah, Stephanie McNeil, Hayes Brown, Patricia Mazay, and
0: Who you I think drowned and drank. Just to be clear on the continuity. Next week, our guests include Craig Ferguson, Halima Aden, Common Tyra Banks, which is incredible, and more. Oh, and Halima Aden, she's on
1: the cover of Sports Illustrated. Look at that! I love it. I love it. Not the cover. But she's in it, but she's in
0: it. Love
1: it. (laughs) Fact check. All right, we will be back here on Monday at 10 a.m. Clearly, I need to go take a nap. Have a great weekend. Vaccinate your goddamn children.
0: Vaccinate your goddamn children. Syzygy is trash. Oh, let's (laughs) not go that far.